Lucky you. That's 36 holes in golf. You tuned in to Alternate Shots Podcast. Barney's Army. Where we talk about golf. Barkies. Sandys. Poker. Bond. James Bond. Horse racing. I'm all in. Great movies. Alfred Hitchcock. We have no script. And down the stretch they come. We're glad you joined us. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. (laughs) (laughs) Let's start again. Deja vu, Billy. I'm sitting in the Triple Crown Bar across the street from Saratoga Racecourse. (laughs) He's trying to find a number. Everybody's got their procedures and their policies and their angles. Might be a late scratch for you. That system. I'll bet that down. I like the Packers. You like the Packers? I did. Not in this lifetime. Perfect. I might bet a half on the Packers just for the hell of it. And who knows? I may not lose too bad. Yeah, who knows? Maybe you'll get a discount for coming close. I told you about I love this. 32 star system, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I haven't put up a 40 star system in years. There's nothing like the characters First around three. this. Blurred image. Blurred image. This they is range from desperate to calculating to all, all levels of income. All kinds of people. Blurred image. This is... Blurred image. This is the name that rolls off your tongue. He's got a forty. How many times have guys come up to you at the track? Now I know you're at the track all, once in a while, but in the old days, you were either OTB, which is kind of track like, or or at the track. How many touts have come up to you with their forty star system? It's unbelievable how how well you know. And we've talked about this before. That movie just really touches all the bases when it comes to the to the crowds that go to the track uh, uh, they're every every type of person this in the old OTB, you'd have these yeah. all kinds of characters speed of uh, speed figures the speed figures this that i no 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 bar shoes i can't stand when they wear bar shoes and all this stuff and you know and then you get the the, the uh reactions when they're right or wrong when they're right they're like you know puffing out their chest and tis tis tisking everybody that didn't listen to them and when they're wrong, they figure the race was fixed. And this is one of my favorite episodes because I learned so much about horse racing, horses, the personalities. Because of your and others' experience, we're going to bring in some others' point of view during this. But this is this is the beginning. This is like uh, you know the uh, beginning of the horse racing year, 2024. This is the biggest race to date, right? The Pegasus 2024 World Cup. Yeah, there's uh, there's 13 races, a nice lucky number that day, and it's they they tried to make it a lot like the Breeders' Cup, one of the Breeders' Cup days. So there's big purses culminating in the um, in the finale, the 13th race, which is a three million dollar mile and an eighth race for some of the best horses uh, in training, and some familiar names and some not so familiar names will attempt to win this huge purse, which you know, will make the life or, or break the uh, the life of some people. But, you know, it's a, a long day at the track. They used to put the feature like this, uh, uh, like the second to last race, but now it's the last race. So they keep everybody there the whole time. But uh, again, in this modern age, you don't have to be at the track to get, uh, you know, 
a similar experience, at least as far as the racing and the ab ability to bet the racing goes. What a beautiful scene we're looking at. This is a vintage postcard from Hallandale, Florida, wishing you were here. The Gulfstream Park. Look at you got the little Mississippi steamboat over there and the uh, Cape Cod sailboats and Nantucket sailboats over on the left. I don't know what's in the middle. Is that a German U-boat? <laughs> <laughs> and there'll be a lot of people at the track that'll come for the weekend that'll be there today and you know hopefully winning enough money to set themselves up for tomorrow's big card but as, as i've said before and as someone once said to me uh mornings at the track make all things seem possible again and that really sums up a, a horse player's life yeah especially if they've been pounded all week and now they're looking at a 13 great uh, opportunities to uh, beat the odds. You know, that's a positive way to look at that. I want to run something and show you <laughs> again, going back to one of our favorite movies, I'm going to run something that takes it from the opposite. Reminding me, Looney is the sidekick of uh, Richard Dreyfus here. What's Richard Dreyfus's name? Uh, uh, Trotter. Trotter's his name. And Looney is the guy we're going to hear from here. I mean, how many loonies have you seen? Really, are the the cream and a crop of losers? Yeah, Looney is the Looney's sort of the bad luck guy. He he's resigned himself to losing, and he he's okay with it. What are you going to do? I know what he's not going to do. What are you going to do? I don't know. Well, you're going to bet on this race. I don't know. Whatever you do, don't bet on that horse. Why not? There's something wrong with its eyes. It's blind or something. How can I put a horse like that in a race? Whatever you do. <laughs> you hear the little, t the little tingles? And he, he winks at him. Sure thing. <laughs> and nickname hot to trot let me get this straight whatever, whatever I, do. I do don't bet this horse off we go <clears throat> off we go because that's a sure thing winner <laughs> yep we told earlier in other episodes you know if you have a tip it'd be terrible if somebody talked you off a tip even if it was just a tip you like the name yeah you can't talk somebody off a long shot. Don't ever get talked off the long shot. It's better to lose your $2 than to not bet it and have it come in and kick yourself the rest of the day or week or year. Yeah, so even the best analysts in the world, even the strictest ones with their, you know, boundaries will not talk you off a long, a long shot. Right. They may say, I don't like it, but I would never talk you off it. It's a funny story. I've been to Gulfstream Park. But I haven't been. And so you're going to say, what are you talking about, Bob? It's too early. You don't drink. And it's even too early if you do drink. What do you mean by that? You know, Emmett, yeah. Emmett and Ho-Ho and uh, my son Robbie and I went down in, in three or four years ago during COVID. And it's a hike. It's a hike. I kept saying, I think I kept saying, when are we getting there? And I was the one driving, you know. <laughs> Dad, when are we getting there? When are we getting yeah, there? We, we almost get there. 
We finally get there, and I can tell you for certain, I've never seen anything at this scene or anything like that because we got there and they wouldn't let us go into the track because of COVID. <laughs> oh, man. So we sat in a, some sort of sports bar 15 feet from the paddocks, and uh, you know, you come out of the Watch sports the bar. So let's talk about the Pegasus World Cup 2024. Uh, it's it should be very exciting. It's it looks like a really high end, you know. Get your best dress on. Get your best uh, sport coat and tie on, and look good. Look, maybe is it the same as say you think going to the Kentucky Derby, or is it a European influenced kind of sporting horse racing event? Well, it's more of a location thing. So you know the Breeders' Cup moves around a little bit, and that's a big day for everybody. The Derby is always at Churchill Downs and that's a huge day for Churchill Downs and certainly for the locals there. And and Breeders' Cup is similar. Travers in Saratoga or the Belmont Stakes, all are location centered um events. And and this is Gulfstream's, you know, flower bowl. This is it. This is their big day. Where so everybody, you know, yeah. not only the mucky mucks in the racing world, but the all the all the people that are uh Local fans and beyond will go to this the same as they would go to the Super Bowl if it was in their neighborhood, whether they're football fans or not. So, yeah, this is their big event. And Gulfstream right. is is where, you know, the substitute, it's the winter track for, for all the Eastern players. So let's talk about the, this is the 13th race tomorrow, Saturday at the Pegasus. Yep. Let's go into it. Let's dissect this. Let's hear from you. What are you touting? What are you what are your tipping? What are you tipping? <laughs> All right. So the, it's a mile and an eighth race, which is going to be once around. It's an it's a good distance. A good time for a mile and an eighth is under one minute and 50 seconds. And a bunch of these have done that. A bunch of these have won at this distance. It's it's actually going to be a very competitive race because there's a there's a lot of speed horses, including Baffert's National Treasure. And uh, Brad Cox has a horse called First Mission, who's only run um, six races, I believe, with four wins and two seconds. And the two seconds were very close to wins. And he runs close to the pace. I'm not sure whether he'll try and take National Treasure on or not. But let's start from the rail. Nimitz class has won 11 out of 21 races, all for, for uh, Lesnar Company, but he doesn't pick the company, He but he wins. I don't think he's going to get a lot of play, and I and I don't think he's got that big a shot. But it's hard to fault a horse who's won a half of his races. Then there's O'Connor, no relation to our friend O'Connor, and he's won his last two races, one of them at Gulfstream Park. He's two for five at this distance. He's beaten uh, both Grand Aspen and Il Miracolo, uh, Miracolo, but he's lost twice to Skippy Longstocking. So you don't know. Maybe he's coming into his own. Maybe not, but he's certainly done uh, better the last two races of his life. So he's he's hot at the time. Question on on uh, O'Connor: Does yep. he is he is he got a little bit of an edge because he's won here before, opposed to the other horses? It's it doesn't hurt to have track experience, but he's not the only one here with it. Okay, uh, but he has run five times at Gulfstream with two firsts and one second. You know, in looking at this race, there were very few horses where I could say comfortably, I, I'm not worried about him. Uh. And O'Connor's not one of them. O'Connor would not surprise. I'm not going to bet O'Connor, but it wouldn't surprise me if he won. 
The next horse in the field is Dynamic One, which is one of three for Todd Pletcher. And Todd Pletcher is training at 22% down there. He's always, you know, in the top echelon of trainers wherever he goes. You know, as Chris will tell you, don't bet Pletcher leaving a stretcher. So yeah, he makes it tough on you, though, because you he's putting three horses in this race. So which one is the readiest? Are they all ready? I, that, that always confuses me. And and uh, dynamic one has one uh, has won three out of five races at this distance, but he's never won here in three attempts. So again, wouldn't surprise me, but I'm uh, he's not my pick. Next horse is hoist the gold. Now hoist the gold has no earthly reason on paper to win this race, but I think he's going to win it. And I and I, I he he runs well both off the pace and on the pace. I don't, I don't think he'll engage national treasure. If he does, that's going to mess them both up, I believe. But hoist the gold is traded by trained by uh, Dallas Stewart who throws in bombs from time to time. He's known for throwing in long shots and big races. And this horse won his last race beating, uh, you know, track record type time at a mile but it was in the mud and it was at Aqueduct. So this is a completely different venue. If it rains, I like him even more because when he, he he's uh, in the, in the wet weather, two races, he's won one, he's run third once. And he's got John Velasquez on him and John Velasquez is a hall of fame rider. So hoist the gold's going on my ticket somewhere. Note weather here tomorrow, sunny, and we haven't had sun in two months. Okay. Now, now we hit trademark who is, uh, a dark horse he's he's won a bunch of races six out of 22 he's beaten first mission in miracolo he's lost to o'connor and miracolo he's lost to nimitz and he's lost to uh skippy longstocking so he's not for me but again would not surprise he's got the ability two for five at the distance he's never run at gulfstream park so we don't know and he's working out pretty well then comes senior buscador who i think Ooh. people might might uh, take a shot at, but senior Buscador lost to Hoist the Gold in his last race, but Hoist the Gold ran a hole in the wind that race, which is one of the reasons I'm leaning towards including him in everything I bet. Uh, but I'm leaving senior Buscador off. If he wins, he's going to do it from off the pace. Well, a another note about Buscador is that his trainer, Todd Fincher, who's not uh, well-known on the East Coast, is a very, very good trainer. He's a 24%. He has this uh, last year, he ran 423 races and he won 100 of them. So the trainer is definitely qualified and he's no no uh, idiot. So he, he's coming here trying to win. And next you come to the indomitable Bob Baffert, the uh, national treasure, who ha who tries them all. You got to give him credit for not backing down. And he's got a lot of speed and he got nosed out in his last race by Cody's wish. Cody's Wish is another story altogether in horse racing and an amazing story, which too long to get into right now. But Google Cody's, Cody's Wish if you want to learn that story. An awesome horse. And, and uh, National Treasure almost won, and he, he ran very fast at a mile. He's never won at a mile and an eighth. So, again, he's going to be out there wheeling away, and this is a big day, and Baffert plans for these days. So look out. I'm not using him, but again, I won't be surprised if he runs off and hides. That might be good for Hoist the Gold, National Treasure nudging through the mile mark and Hoist the Gold neck and neck, and that's where Hoist the Gold may, may move on. And I'm hoping that's what happens, actually. Treasure, treasure moves back. 
<laughs> hope he sits a little bit off off uh, that one. Then you come to first mission, Brad Cox, my opinion, probably he's certainly the top five trainers in the country and uh, the world at this point. He he knows what he's doing. His horses are always bet, and they should be. And he's got Luis Saez, who's riding at nineteen or sixteen percent down in Florida, nineteen percent overall. This horse has run uh, six races, as I said. He came in second by a nose and second by three quarters of a length, and the other three he won. Second at this distance to Trademark, who beat him. I think he's better than Trademark. He's been off since November, and he's wor he's working out very well. Uh, so is National Treasure, by the way, working out in ridiculous times. National Treasure works six furlongs and 11 and one. Horses don't run that on the track. So there could be a speed duel, but I think Saez is smart enough not to get too involved in it. Um, and he'll sit off that. And the horse has demonstrated that that he can sit off it. And two races back, he came from fifth to win. First mission is a legitimate shot here. Do not leave him off your ticket. The trainer, the jockey, and the horse all look ready for this. Saez is based on the East Coast. So most of the East Coast jockeys are the Ortizes, the Saez, Alvarados. When they're when New York is uh, out of season, even though New York runs during the winter, the, the season is not now in, in New York. So they migrate down to Florida where the, you know, the purses are and the races are, you know, better and bigger the whole racing world sort of goes out of the snow and into the sun, you know? So these guys that base themselves on the East coast, mostly go down to Florida and okay. Gulfstream. Saez is one of them, but you know, horses that are coming in from the West coast will bring their jockeys with them. So yeah, there will be jockeys from wherever the trainer and horses are coming from that come with the horse. If, if, the, if there's a guy shipping in from California and the jockey's not coming, that's sort of a red flag for me. You know, that means that the jockey or the jockey's agent found something better to do or don't like this horse's chances or whatever else. So Grand Aspen is uh, Fletcher's uh, next horse. And I think this horse has the best shot of the Fletcher horses. Uh, he's he's one for one at the distance on, on the turf, but he's also one at this distance, excuse me, on the, on the dirt. He's also one at this distance on the turf. So he's really two for two at the distance. And the races be that are shorter than this, he's come up a little bit short, you know, and that leads people to wonder, you know, does he wait for other horses? There are some horses when they run that they wait for company. They're like goofing around out there and they just don't, you know, take it all the way to the wire. They wait for their competition to come. Sometimes the competition comes and, and beats them out. So this horse has won has lost three races by a neck and it makes people wonder, is he one of those kind of horses that waits? In my opinion, when I look at that, the three horses he lost by uh, the races he lost by a neck were shorter than this. And he was coming at the end to lose those. So he was making up ground. But then if you look at the two mile and eighth races, he drew clear in both of those races. So I actually think this is a perfect distance for him. And as such, he's absolutely being included on my ticket. I don't know if I'm putting him in the wind slot yet. But him and Hoist the Gold are are going to be involved in every bet I make. You know, he pulled away from the field. He won by three and a quarter lengths, and he won by four and three quarter lengths at those distances. I think this distance is for him. And, and you know, I like that about the horse a lot. Okay. Then you get to Ir Il Miracolo. I'm going to say that wrong every time. <clears throat> Again, he, this horse has won twice 
uh, at, out of nine tries at Gulfstream, and he has never won at this distance. He's been beaten by both Trademark and First Mission in his last race, and O'Connor in the race before that. You know, guys who like Castellano, and there's no reason not to like Castellano, might think that this is a live horse. I don't like him, but a long-shot player will certainly, I would not talk him off him, as I wouldn't talk anyone off him. The 11 horse is Krupe, another Pletcher horse, who's won his last two races. Uh, again, at this distance, he's three for seven. They're all good at this distance. I I, I wish they weren't because it's easier to eliminate horses that, that, that don't win at this distance. But his times aren't great and his speed figures aren't great, but he is Todd Pletcher. So, you know, leave him off the ticket at your own risk and keep the stretcher handy. Then we come to Skippy Longstocking, who's got, you know, a great name and a lot of success at the distance, three for seven. If it was wet, he'd be, he's two for two in the wet. A lot of things to like about Skippy. His trainer is very good. Uh, Safi Joseph, who's doing very well, 23% trainer this year, 20% down there at Gulfstream. He's got Tyler Gaffleone, one of the top jockeys, in my opinion, in the world. He ran in the Breeders' Cup uh, mile against Cody's Wish and Nimitz, uh, and came in third to them. So he he fits here. His f speed figures fit here. Another live horse. And he's an eight-to-one morning line. I think he'll get some attention. I think his name will attract some of the hunch players. <laughs> All right. Moment of truth. What do you like on the exactus? What are you looking at betting straight up to win? Do you have any ideas on a trifecta? Okay. If I was going to bet exactus today and again all this can always train change i'm on grand aspen and hoist the gold right now and i'm throwing first mission in the box so first mission grand aspen and hoist the gold uh exact the box and you might get a pretty good return out of that no matter what way it comes in if it's hoist the gold on top you will get a very good return i'm going to include national treasure in some superfectas with those three horses because you know it's sort of like uh you know, a guy who goes all in on the river, he's either got air or he's got a monster. Yep. And that's what national treasure is. He's either he's either going to be there or he's going to be up the track. And Baffert doesn't come all the way here for nothing. His ego wouldn't allow that. And his record shows that. So national treasure, not my favorite because he, I'm worried about him at the distance. But I know if I bet him, I'm going to get a lot of calls. I'm going to be alive for at least the first three quarters of that race. Yay. Who's your win? You don't bet two winners. So who's your horse you're going to put 20 bucks to win on? As of this moment, I would say Grand Aspen is the winner. Okay. So, I, um, but I'm not going to really focus a lot on the win. I'll put the 20 bucks on Grand Aspen, but I'm going to cover Grand Aspen and hoist the gold and first mission in, in a bunch of bets. I might throw, you know, dynamic one in there. I might throw Skippy Longstockings in there and in a couple of odd exactors or superfectors. This is a good race to bet some superfectors because you might catch a couple of long shots in the superfectors. So you, if you can pick the first four and box them, you know, for a dollar, it's 24 bucks. I might do one or two of those, you know, and throw some bombs in there and hope for the best. This but, does look like a race where a long shot's going to come in. One of our friends, Scooter, says, uh, Pegasus is an interesting race. He thinks that Miracolo will will shock and run down either Hoist the Gold or Skippy Longstocking. So that's where he weighs in. 
uh, our buddy Steve, uh, Steve Boucher, he weighs in a little differently. He says, I'm going to go out on a limb choosing uh, first mission. You talked about first mission, Krupe. And we, we hear from Sk St uh, Steve Boucher and Skippy Longstocking. So there's a couple of people that have been around the track. Steve, as an owner in a scooter like you, been around the track for a long time. This is just going to be a fun, fun race because there's going to be, from what I'm learning from you, it's not a two or three horse race likely. It's going to be a chunk of horses coming in halfway into that last eighth of a mile wanting to win this thing. I don't think you'll I don't think you'll be anybody worse than two to one, which is rare in races like this. I think the favorite might be two to one or five to two. I certainly wouldn't take short odds like even money on any horse in this race. But again, the betting the betting public is smart and so are the uh, the connections. So you watch the board and if you see a horse like first mission get bet from a seven to two morning line down to three to five or something like that, then that you have to consider the words out on that. And some people in the know are are throwing money on him. And there's nothing in his past performances to make you think that's a crazy bet. So you have to watch the board, too. And like I say, I you know, today is one thing. The day at the track, things can change. The way the track's running, things can change. So I'm going to let you go back to the drawing board here. We're going to take one last clip here. Give me a burger. <laughs> one burger. Why do you like this paper? Not for me. I hear your heart trotter. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I won a one lousy race. Well, you never know. I've seen dumber guys than you win two in a row. And <laughs> 25. No, the funny thing is, if I'd only bet two dollars, I'd be up 28 bucks. <laughs> I thought a hamburger cost a dollar. Honest mistake. Why do you like this paper? How do you know that I like faith? You might be walking around lucky. Not even that. You know what I mean. You might be walking around lucky and not even know it. Let's hope that's all of us and our friends. Let's have a great Pegasus 2024, a Pegasus World Cup 2024. Billy, you've been awesome. Thanks so much. Okay, man. Good luck at the track. That'll do it. Some relative dire. I'm sorry. Hey, cheeseburger. Hey, try. Try. Who you like in the first, huh? Who you like? Come on. Come on, tell me. Come on, it's cheese. Try. Who you like? Come on, come on. Tell me. Who you like? Uh, the number four. Come again? Hmm? The number four. Four. <laughs> Nobody in his right mind bets the four horse. <laughs> the four horse is a joke, Trotter. <laughs> they put little kids on the four horse to have their pictures taken. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Well, at least we have the laugh to add at the end. <laughs> Right. We're, we've gone from 12 handicaps at this to 19 handicaps in just a week. <laughs> that, that's what happened. Somebody changed my grip, and the next thing you know, I can't do the podcast anymore. I felt like I was in the first row of the uh, first pew at church right during the sermon.
and your brother was poking my you. brother my brother was making me laugh thanks for joining us today Billy we really appreciate your feedback and please subscribe to the show hit them hard and hit them off that's 36 holes